0: 15 when you're there please give me an amen Amen. Amen. i always worry about my right hand side can i get an amen from my right hand side amen Amen. hallelujah let's read from verses 11 you are no stranger to this passage of scripture and jesus speaking said a certain man had two sons everybody say a certain man and the younger of them said to his father, everybody say father. Father. I don't know why they do that, I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with wasteful, prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want and need. Then he joined and went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, a Gentile country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything and when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and i perish here with hunger i will arise and go to my father and will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to even be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best rope and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. And they began to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of his servants and said, what does this mean, what's the commotion? And he said to him, your brother has returned. And because He has received him, we have received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was hungry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out to the elder brother, the elder son, and pleaded with him, pleaded with him. And so he answered and said to his father, Lord, these many years I've been serving you, I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet... You never gave me a young goat that might make merry with my friends. And as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots and killed, you killed a fatted calf for him. And the father said to his son, son, you are always with me. And all I have is yours. It was right that we should make Mary and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is now found. Amen. Amen. The context of the story sets off actually in verse 1 of chapter 15. The Bible says that Jesus is hanging out, with tax collectors and sinners the social outcasts of society and the scribes and pharisees being the self-righteous natured people they were had a problem with it they had the problem that a rabbi and the teacher of the way would associate with sinners and this was just who jesus was jesus put it this way and said that The sick don't need, well, the healthy don't need a physician, but it's the sick. And I came to seek and save that which was lost, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And he told him, go and seek out that meaning. And so in response to the complaint and grievance of the Pharisees, Jesus tells three parables. They all linked with each other. He tells the parable of the lost sheep. He tells the parable of the lost coin and he tells the parable of the lost son all in chapter 15 And this morning, we're just going to look at chapter 15 But can we pray Heavenly father, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are a good god Thank you that you've gathered us in this fashion not only to celebrate and commemorate fathers here this morning but Lord also to remember our Heavenly Father and celebrate Him and His goodness. So thank you Lord for this time we could fellowship around your word. Anoint our ears that we may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. Anoint my lips of clay that I may speak as an oracle of God this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You know, there's no level of, uh, of society that is immune to the pain of, of a broken relationship. And perhaps more notoriously, the father. According to the statistics, gender justice and stats essay, between 64 and 70 percent of a father's year in South Africa are missing. So that's over 70 percent of families that are without a father. The impact of fatherless can be seen across schools, colleges, hospitals, prisons, homes, you name it. Fatherlessness can be associated with every ill in society. I'm aware that there may be some of us that maybe we've had our dads pass on, for whatever reason we don't have our fathers here this morning, but I'll let you also know with full assurance that there is a truth that triumphs over the statistics and facts and your experience that's found in psalms 68 that he's a father to the fatherless so the title father has come under a lot of scrutiny and many are asking in our culture what truly is the value of a father but this morning i just want to briefly remind you that the role of a father is more than just a second adult in the home in fact a study was done in 2018 by a harvard professor in california and he said that the contribution of the father in the home adds a different kind of of, of parenting and dynamic into the home and after studying 37,000 families and, and homes, they've come to this conclusion that over 68% of kids that grew up with invo- involved, engaged fathers were more prepared to deal with the challenges of life. Moms seem to major on empathy and nurturing. Moms seem to view their kids in relation to the world. But dads come with a different kind of flavor. We see the world in relation to our kids. We speak and major on discipline and rules and advice. And we emphasize duty men have a tendency to according to the the research provide kids with the more broader set of skills social skills to tackle the world we teach our kids how to be competitive i remember one day madison came up to me and said daddy this girl keeps on bullying me at school then her mother was like we need to get the teacher on the line (laughs) This is my child I said no 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 no, Madison I said, wait a minute babe what are you doing Mary did you eat her back <laughs> I said, come on you got to be strong now <laughs> that's how dad's typically seem to be amen am I right Kenley by the way Kenley please you need to come see me and for some training on some dance moves <laughs> But as perfectly involved your father may be in your life or is in your life, they can only be an imperfect reflection of our heavenly father. And Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter 11. He said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks will have the door open to him. If a son asks any one of you fathers, he said this, for bread, will he then turn around and give him a stone? If a son asks any one of you fathers for an egg, will that father give him a scorpion? If any one of these sons ask for a fish, will any one of the fathers among you give him a serpent? And Jesus went on to saying, if you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to them who ask? God as a father supersedes any example of fatherhood in the earth today. And we can never restrict or limit his fatherhood to our experience. Amen. Amen. And so the mission of Jesus is broad. Okay. Bible says in Luke chapter 19, that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. And John chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, no, but that the world through him might be saved. First John chapter 4 tells us, in this is love, not that we loved him, no, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. So the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that the, that the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus also came and was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus said in John 10:10. 10, 10, exposing the enemy, providing us with his manifesto. He says the thief comes only except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, life more abundantly. Second on. Timothy 1 verse 10 tells us that Christ appeared abolishing death and brought immortality to light. Pulling the sting out of death and robbing the grave of its victory So we can proclaim oh death where is your sting? And oh grave where is your victory? He conquered the last enemy death That's why john chapter 11 when he stands before the tomb of lazarus He declares I am the resurrection and the life If anyone believes in me though he die, He shall not perish. He will live for eternity. The reason why he came is also highlighted for us in Luke chapter 4. (coughs) Jesus tells his disciples of the coming out of Jerusalem. He says, I must go about and preach and proclaim the kingdom of God. For this is the purpose for which I was sent. And so we have Jesus coming into his hometown in Luke chapter 4, and he comes into the synagogue, and when he gets into the synagogue, a scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. And the Bible says he opened to the place where it is said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, who has anointed me to proclaim glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive, to set free those who are in bondage, and to proclaim acceptable year of the Lord he turned around and said to the people in his hearing this day this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing he came to establish the kingdom of God he came to be the Savior of the world he came to destroy the works of the enemy he came that we might have life and life more abundantly and perhaps the most overlooked reason as to why Jesus came, is that he came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal his Father, the Fatherhood of God. John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not for there was a man sent by God whose name was John he came to bear witness to bear witness of the light The true light that gives light to every man that comes into the earth. He was not that light. But came that all through him might believe. For he was in the world. He formed the world, yet the world did not know him. For he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as to many as have received him, and believed on his name, He gave the right the power and the authority to be called children of God born not of the will of man Or blood or flesh but born of God and the Word was made manifest Dwelt among us in flesh and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the father And John bore witness and said this is he of whom i said he comes after me but he's preferred before me for he was in the beginning yes. Amen. and we received his fullness full of grace for grace for the law came by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ Amen. and no one No one at any time has seen God except the only begotten of the Father who was in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him to us. He has declared him to us. And so he's speaking with his disciples and Philip is saying, show us the Father. We want to see the Father. He says, Philip, don't you know? That if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, nobody could best reveal who the Father was except the Son because He best demonstrated the Father. Hebrews 11 tells us that God, when times passed and in various ways, spoke to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, has spoken to us by His Son, who He appointed a of all things, who is the exact representation of the Father. Good morning. Good morning. Jesus is praying in John chapter seventeen, and you can tell a lot about a man and his mission in his last dying prayers. And he's praying in John chapter 17. And and he prays three distinct things. He says three distinct things that reveals his purpose. He says, Father, I've glorified your name in the earth. He came to bring the Father glory. He said, Father, I've given them the words that you've given me to the men that you gave me. I've I've spoken to them the words that you told me to share to them. And then he says, lastly, I have manifested your name. I've manifested and revealed your name to them. What name? The name father, the designation and title father, because in the old Testament, the concept of God as a father was faint. God was never addressed as Father. There's a few metaphors here and there. How God is the Father of Israel and and, and how God is the Father to the Fathers. Only 15 references. Only 15 references, entire Old Testament. But when we get into the Gospels, in the life of Jesus, it takes a turn because in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus uses the word father over 65 times. And in John, a hundred times. As a child, we see him speaking and addressing God as his father. He says, I must be about my father's business. I only do the works that I see my father doing. And so his disciples wanted to know, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, when you pray, say, Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name he prefers that you call him father it's his favorite title he wants you to understand him and approach him as a father Amen. Amen. amen and so Jesus was a reflection of the father Jesus depended on the father. There's a Mazda that's parked. The lady's trying to come out. He's uh, the is there on the side. The Mazda. Oh, it's not me. He's the car. To okay. The lady's complaining. Okay. You can, you can take it. You can move the car. No, car. Okay. Okay. This Sorry, guys. Commercial break. There's a Mazda. Uh, the figure CC Silver Mazda. Silver Mazda. Right at the end. FN35H something. GP. I just need you to move the car please thank you thank you sorry about that and so jesus depended on the father the bible says in john 5 verse 19 that the son does nothing of himself but what he sees the father doing he had full assurance of the father's love john 5 verse 20 the father loves the son and shows him all things jesus existed to please his father john 5 verse 30 i do not seek my own will, but i seek the will of my father who sent me perhaps there's no greater passage that reveals the heart of the father as luke chapter 15. the story of the prodigal son we've learned that story from sunday school But if you really read through the parable and story the story is not really about the prodigal son it's about the forgiving father the father is the main subject of the story not the son how do we know this verse 11 tells us jesus tells from the outset there was a certain man who had two sons and if you read through the passage you'll see a constant reference to the father, the father came running. The father's hired servants. I must return to my father. The story is also not just about a lost son. It's about two lost sons. Because verse 11 tells us that there was a certain man with two sons. So it's about two lost sons. One son was lost in self-centeredness and the other son was lost in self-righteousness and would not forgive his brother and his father. And so we have the prodigal son who asks for his inheritance to be divided to him. Now for you and I in this time and culture, that might not mean much, asking for your inheritance. But in the Middle East, if you asked for your inheritance from your father, effectively you are saying you wish he was dead because it was only due to you when he had died. So it was an insult to the father and to his home and to his village. And so being the loving, gracious and wise father that he is he does not infringe upon his son's free will. In love and in discipline he releases him and that's something we we miss about God sometimes God will let you have what you want but when your sins punish you don't blame God mm-hmm. see we're not punished for our sins we're punished by our sins yes.
1: the wages of sinners
0: death yeah. our own sins and decisions punish us but the father knows how to release his son love knows how to release sometimes you just gotta let people go so the bible tells us that the father is patient he's patient and he's always looking out for his son he's a loving father How do we know this? Because verse 20 tells us that when the prodigal son came to his father, while he was a great way off, the father saw him and ran towards him. Now understand this, that the father ran towards him for two reasons. Firstly, he was ecstatic to see his son return. He's been waiting for this moment for months, for years, who knows how long. The second reason why he ran to his father is because in those those times if a son was known for squandering his inheritance among the Gentiles they would be written off by the village. And so what the father does is he runs and he gets to his son before the village does because the village would have rejected him and casted him out. So he gets to the son, hugs him, falls on his neck, has compassion upon him, so that the village can see that he, he's forgiven his son. And he embraces him. And he says, this is my son who was dead, but now is alive. And this story portrays the real heart of God. And I'm going to close, close on this. Firstly, I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to let you know that God hasn't given up on you. You may have given up on yourself, friends may have given up on you, but God has not given up on you. He knows the worst about you and he still loves you the most. His love is the only constant we have in this world. Secondly, I want to let you know that he is patient with you. But seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The days are evil, Ephesians tells us. Even in our rebellion, he's patient and long-suffering. Thirdly, he's willing to give you his best we too busy trying to figure it out by ourselves and he's trying to tell us your hands are too small they're not big enough if you consult me i can do so much more for you than what you could ever do for yourself so the bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Fourthly, I'd like to tell you, I know we sang the song, you know, there's no shadow he won't light up, no mountain he won't climb up coming after you. There's no wall he won't kick down, no lie he won't tear down. But I also want to say that the prodigal son's father ran out to meet him and did not go out on a manhunt. God wants you to meet him. He wants you to come on your free wall. He wants you to come to your senses. That's what the Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You, you, ex- you, laying back on your lazy boy chair, expecting God to do all the work, to God to, to to break through all your problems, and God saying, "Meet me halfway, meet me halfway." You keep on wanting a relationship with me. Open your Bible. Pop in to one seven one, holding one now and again. Yeah. Show up. Let there be a sign or evidence of a hunger and a change that you want to see. And lastly, i going to close on this note. He wants you to know Him as a Father because it's personal. It's personal. It's about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's not about it's not about church attendance or it's not about how much you can give and ticking all the, the registry. No, 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 no. It's about a loving relationship with your heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Can we stand this morning?